This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 13th, episode 2660. Good morning, horse world. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, and completing the challenge is the challenge, you're an endurance rider. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Of course, it is the second Tuesday of the month, and it's late this month. The second Tuesday seems late this month. And we have Karen back with us. And of course, this is the endurance episode that we do and been doing for about eight years, I think. Uh, it's been a long time. Hi, Karen. Hi. Yes, eight or nine even, I think. Because I was just thinking, uh, you know, I'm on my desk here. And one of my framed photos is of my dad. And I want to wish him a happy birthday. Hold it, hold it. Wait a minute. If we're going to do a birthday, then we have to do that properly. Is is his birthday today? His birthday is today, April 13th. Uh, Well, that's good. Well, then we we have to do this for him. Happy birthday. There you go. (laughs) And so, thank you. And so, the picture, the framed photo I have of him, and he's dressed up in this super heavy-duty, you know, jacket and hat and a hood, and he's holding Chief. And we were at the Death Valley ride, which was back in the day, it was a four-day, 200-mile point-to-point ride. And on the last day, we rode through a town called Darwin, which Darwin, for those that don't know, has a lot of history. At one point, it was considered to be... That's in California, right? In California. And and it was considered to be the capital of the state of California. Which, and there's a documentary on it. You can look it up on, I think, Amazon Prime or maybe Netflix, but it's... Very interesting. And so there is my dad holding chief. And uh, I, on that last day, we, we went up a thing at the start out of Panamint Springs. And, and we went up this thing called Darwin Grade. And chief, he was just like a total, I guess you could call nut job. <laughs> <laughs> like boink, 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 like a pogo stick. <laughs> there was like literally like sparks flying out of his ears and and we got to the top and we started down and I'm like oh my god I'm not gonna live through this and (laughs) and (laughs) somehow obviously I did but I didn't think so at the time and so I was like I want off of this e-ticket ride Which, for those of you that have ever been to Disneyland or Disney World, know what an e-ticket ride yes, is. Yes. 
<laughs> Most people. That's the serious rides. No it's the it's that the important the, rides. The important <laughs> rides, the good ones. Yeah, the very best. The exciting ones. <laughs> yes, the ones that sometimes you want off of. So, and so uh, Kayla, who I was riding with, which I've mentioned her over the years on this show, she rode Bo with me on the Rose Parade. Um, I rode Chief, and she rode Bo, and uh, I rode thousands of miles with that kid back when she was like a teenager barely or before and uh she she says karen calm down <laughs> calm down i'm like you get on this horse and be calm <laughs> you know? it's like that can't happen so um so yeah so that's a memory i a good memory that i have of my dad and my horse she was a trooper so. huh he was there for you he was there. He was out there, and I'm I I'm sure it was probably not the best of uh, weather. No, dads never want to see was... that happening either. By the way, that's not. Or no, husbands. No, Neither one of us want to see, see that happening. He didn't see that part. Oh, he good. Just saw the part where once we got to the vet check, the horse only cared about eating, and nothing else was important. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see the uh, falling off, the bouncing, the carrying on, the bucking. We don't want to see those parts. Dads no, or husbands. Oh, no. No, no, no. Well, so, yeah, I live, live through that. I, I managed. Talk, we're going to talk about Chief here in a minute. Uh, but first, let's let's tell everybody what's coming up on today's show. You have um, you have an endurance tip. We're going to talk about how do you know when my horse is ready to move up to a longer distance. And I think it's probably one of the most asked questions, right? I mean, it's... It is. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to go over yeah. that. And then you have a your first guest. Tell us about your first guest. Okay. So the first guest we have is going to be Judy Hull who is a longtime endurance writer. And I know she's going to be a lot of fun because on her, she started a blog recently and the thing she remembers is amazing because there's things she's already posted about that I don't remember. So uh, her first uh, post starts with, yes, I have stories about peeing too. Yeah, I don't know that bathroom etiquette and endurance is something we've ever discussed. So, so. <laughs> we, can, we can go over that. Yes. <laughs> well, it so is important. You're out fun. for 100 miles. You're going to go sometime. So. At some point, you're going to have to. It's pee. You know, <laughs> in my you case, know, it would be like, every hour for the entire day. <laughs> exactly. It's like one of those memes where you see, oh, look, I got mentioned in somebody's blog. And then you go and you're like, oh, oh it talks about. <laughs> peeing in the woods <laughs> like in the middle of the night on a hundred like oh great <laughs> well something else that happened we're gonna have one of the team members on is the u.s endurance team was announced for the fei world endurance championship going on this year yes apparently it is going on and we're gonna have holly cochran on and she's gonna talk about that and how it's all gonna happen and where it's happening and all of that so she's one of the five that made the team so we're gonna we're gonna get into all of that on today's show but first let's talk a little bit about Chief, I knew about this because I think you contacted me day one. Uh, um, yeah. And yeah. Let, let me remind everybody who Chief is, okay? So uh, Karen's talked about Chief for the eight years we've been on this show. Uh, she rode him for over 20 years and 16,000 miles in competition, 27 years old. I mean, he, he wasn't a spring chicken, um, and she'd been riding him all the way up to last year. Um, this year, even this I, year? I mean, yeah. I was still, yeah, I was still riding up, up until, yeah, until the end. So, so unfortunately, we have bad news about Chief. 
He, yeah, very sudden, unexpected. He was so healthy. He he was the horse that never had anything wrong. He was always sound as could be. Well, he would have had to to put 16,000 miles on. <laughs> Almost, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was my hero. He was my heart horse. And, and yeah, we suddenly, unexpectedly lost him. And it was very fast. And I just, I needed time to kind of come to terms with it and deal with it. So I, I still haven't posted anything on social media, which I know I'm, I'm going to have to, cause I know now you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I am. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah. I'm very sorry to hear this. And you know, we, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, but um, I know what this horse meant to you because I've, you know, I've, I've, we've talked about this horse every month for eight years, and uh, you know, I know what he meant to you, and um, I'm so sorry that this happened. Yeah, but he, had, you, know, you know, he what you got a long time with this horse, and to keep riding him till he was 27 is amazing. I know, and he was sound. I mean, he was just he was tough as nails. Um, it, and he was still till the very end, full of shenanigans. <laughs> And it, it, it just, you could always count on him doing something silly. And I will say, wh whatever other horse I had here, my juniors that rode with me, they always wanted to ride Chief. Mm -hmm. Even in spite of whatever goofy things he might <laughs> do. Because they always, we all knew him. And none of us ever came off. That was the thing. It whatever he might do or whatever thing he might decide. Uh, but the thing was, the great thing was, it's like the, like you probably remember when I was talking about, I was um, borrowing my friend Mark's Mustang Milo mm -hmm. and we were going down the street and this little kid who was like waist high. I mean, he was teeny tiny comes running towards us with an umbrella. Oh jeez. And Milo just put it into reverse. That <laughs> I and I swear that horse never went forward as fast as he went backwards that day. <laughs> and Chief just stood there and turned and looked and was like, he was laughing. He was just like laughing, going, "What's your problem?" You know. And so that was the thing with Chief. And like even just this weekend, we had a hot air balloon. That they were running low on fuel, and the I guess the air and the wind wasn't cooperating. So they came down and flew really low, like right on top of my property and my neighbors, and flew right over the top of Apollo, which I guess that's your that for new listeners. My, that's your other horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been here eight months, and of course, I don't think he handled that very well. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like hot air balloons as is a but, typical. <laughs> you know, but I think back of all the times Chief has done the Nevada Day Parade where they take the balloons, multiple balloons take off and went over the top of us at the very beginning of the parade, never mind the B-52 bombers, <laughs> you know, and it was like nothing. You know, one of my best stories was we were at the Bridgeport ride, Eastern High Sierra Classic, and this super extreme wind came up and it blew my awning. It, it just ripped it up 
and it flew it across the top of my horse trailer over to the other side where chief was tied and when that happened and i was vet secretarying i happened to be for the vet and and she we could see directly and chief kind of looked up and put his head back down and kept eating and the vet said well he's pretty well broke and i said well yeah he's ridden across the country and he's done it just about everything meanwhile horses in camp were breaking loose and getting running through their enclosures or their ties and running through camp dragging stuff and it was total chaos chief had his head in the hay bag <laughs> he was like he had his priorities yeah. so you know he he had his priorities so yeah he was a pretty special horse and yeah it's um we're definitely he's definitely missed and you know the heart the hard part is when they're gone and you miss them. And, you know, I know Apollo is definitely, uh, he's really taking it hard. And I, and I wasn't expecting that so much because they were together for like eight months, but Apollo spent. Yeah. But they tend then, to bond with who's ever there immediately. And, right. and they do bond yeah. and some horses bond more than others. Yep. Um, and so he went off his feet. He started grinding his teeth, standing in the back far corner. So I've been spending a lot of extra time with him and I'm, you know, treating him for ulcers and we're, you know, we're trying to get through this together. So, so yeah, that's where we are. And sorry, we don't have better news and better stuff to report for this month, but uh, you know that we're all giving you a big hug. Thanks. Yeah, it's you know it's part of life, and and I'm lucky I yeah, had that him. That doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make it any easier, and it's you know the hard part you know, too is then you're also thinking you know he was your go-to, and and now you're basically training an, another one, and and that's the older you get, the more of a process that seems that to is, become. It is. You know, it's like like Chief would just sit there and laugh. Yeah. When he would see the other, whichever other horse, even Bo would sometimes be silly about stuff and Chief would just laugh at him, you know? So, um, you know, like we've got goats and the goats on the corner, which is two houses up from me, which I had to go by to get to the trail. They had babies. Oh, no. So now <laughs> there's adult goats and there's baby goats. And the... Have, I mean, baby goats are so cute. They are cute. We have goats right next door, too, that the horses they're have to go by. so cute. <laughs> and babies. And don't you love how when they're young and they hop like they, they hop. do? Like <laughs> back right. and forth and back and forth. And, um, of course, Chief, that was never a problem for him. But Bo didn't like them. And uh, uh, clearly, Apollo thinks they're aliens. So. <laughs> I don't know it's, why either, because they don't look like little predators. I mean, they're just... No! You know, and, and when I bring Apollo, of course, he has gotten the, you know, this is training um, 101. So he gets to go, I basically walk him up and back every day. Every day. So he has finally realized that the goats are more afraid of him. But it's different when you're riding him solo. <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> and they true. come running towards you and you're like, That's oh true. my God, am I going to live through this? So kind of like, <laughs> like me living through writing down Darwin grade on chief on the fourth day of a multi-day <laughs> ride. You know, it's like, I gotta live through this. Yeah, you know, there's a difference. You, you, you're right with Chief. There's a difference between just being goofy because you're, you know, you're hyped up, and then spooking yeah. at everything that moves. There's a difference there. You usually get hurt when they spook, not when they're hyped up. I know uh, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, because you look at all the endurance rides and and you wonder how how do so many people live through that? I know. <laughs> you guys deal with lightning and thunder and hail. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy the things we've lived through. You know? And then riding on cliffs that are a foot wide and you know dropping a thousand feet just nuts <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's nuts we well we um we're, we're all giving you a hug and thank you so thank you i'm glad you were able to talk about it you yeah. needed to at this point i think yeah i i do I, now you I need to do the post or you're going to get a million questions so you know. i know <laughs> i know yeah that's the hard thing you know and and it's tough i mean you and i were both old enough that we've been through oh, we've lost a few a few and uh, i can't say that it gets any easier no. but i think we do learn to accept it yeah you, you do. know sometimes i think you do you when do. i lost my first pony my first pony was 45 oh. wow uh, when she died and uh you know so it was kind of like we were shocked she lived that long, but still, it's hard. Yeah. You know, you know I, that well, was my first pony. <laughs> so, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not an easy thing, but it is part of life. And you, you know, I kind of, I went through the phase of, you know, just I've got to kind of accept it. And then, you know, you go through the phase of blame. Was there anything I could have done? And I, and I am comfortable with the fact that I know there was nothing I could have done. Well, the one thing I, I mean, know about you, if there was anything that could be done, you would have done it. I would have done it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't and, matter cost or anything else. You would have done it. We would have done it. And so you go through all those different stages. And I, I think, and I read some of the stuff online where you go through these different stages of grief. And, um, you know, so like right now, I think I'm at the point where I'm just appreciating and remembering all the things I've done with that I got to do with Chief, which, you know, I mean, he was basically a unicorn. I mean, yeah, he was. Most people are never going to get a horse where they can do. I mean, he got pulled maybe one out of every hundred rides he did. I mean, he was like the soundest horse that I've ever had or ever will have. And I know that. So, and I did appreciate him you know during that time and i knew he was special so you know i'm actually very lucky and fortunate to have had him well and you knew that you had your lifetime horse that's you're yeah. right because a lot of people don't realize that till after and i know uh, you know you yeah. you had the opportunity to enjoy that for a long time yeah 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 for a long time so, well now you have to start yeah. over with this other one and oh. uh, <laughs> Gosh. By the way, hot air balloons freak everybody out, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, just, yeah. It's not their fault. That, you know, you're running out of gas, and the winds take you where they take you. You're, you're going to go. You can't steer the thing. I know, and I've been at rides where we've had helicopters land next to my horses. And, you know, it's it's incredible the things that endurance horses can deal with. Right. You That's know, true. it it really is. And uh, yeah, so endurance horses overall, I think are, you know, they're pretty special. But in this pandemic year, um, 
we've got so many people using our multi-use trails. You know, they yeah, it's like that's everybody been an went issue. out. Bicyclists and, and hikers and people leaving and trash everywhere. Side by sides yeah. and quads and yeah, campers and trash and all sorts of things. So it's been kind of speaking, you know speaking of exciting. trails. Um we'll get to your endurance tip after the first guest. But speaking of trails, okay. I wanted to ask you about Tevis. Are are they going ahead? What's the scoop? They are. Okay. It's still it's on the schedule for July. 24th i believe and um you know i'm sure they're gonna have because i wasn't sure in california what the story was you know yeah california you know they've got they issued the state has issued some requirements for holding events and i know the upcoming cash creek ride has um done a thing where they're uh requiring either a negative test for COVID within 72 hours or proof of vaccination, which I know it's kind of controversial with, you know, a lot yeah, of people. But I mean, but let's be real. You're to, if you're going to do a real. cruise or fly in an airplane to another country, if, they're requiring all that. So, if yeah. Exactly. And, and if the state's requiring it. Whether you agree or not, it doesn't whether matter. you agree or not, <laughs> if you want to go to the yeah. ride, you comply with the conditions or you just don't go. And, and it's not you know? like endurance has a large spectator sport, so they don't have to worry about a ton of spectators. Right. Uh, yeah. And they and they're you know And it and is just, socially distant for the most part. You're really distant. For the um, most part you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and You might get closer to a bear than other people at points. Right. Yes. And we're still having <laughs> Yeah, some rides and clearly we haven't heard stories about people getting COVID from going to an endurance ride. I guess ride the yet. vet check is I the place that's so. closest, right? Really? I mean. I, yeah, yeah, I think so. So, you know, and really, if you're going to go ride an endurance ride, you're not going to go when you're sick with COVID. No, you're not going to do 100 <laughs> miles when you're sick. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, well, good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad they're getting that done this year. I know last year was was such an exception for Tevis having, you know, been canceled very right. few times. The so. only worry is um, that there could be, there's extreme fire danger. Oh, so it's dry again? This year, it's very dry and they're they're talking about how dry it is. Have they been able to get out and do the trail maintenance on it? Because that's also a big question. I know they're working on it because, you know, basically they're kind of a year behind because they didn't get to run the ride. Yeah, and that that goes downhill very quickly, as we know, with with blowdowns and all that stuff. Exactly. Probably a lot of work to be done. So, you know, we'll have to, I'll have to get in touch with the yeah, maybe we can have them on next month. That. Yeah. yeah, and see what's going on and if they need any help with the trail work and stuff. Because I know there is a lot involved. I mean, it's 100 miles of trail. so And a lot of it's pretty remote. So it's, uh, you know, it's not a small thing to put that ride on. And, and that's so. a trail where t- the trail maintainers have to use horses, too, because they can't get up there with four-wheelers on a lot of that track, No, right? and, I, and I think in parts of it, with the forest, they're not allowed um, vehicles. Right. So... Yeah, they have everything has to go in horses and mules. Horses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, I'm glad you you were able to talk about that today. Um, Thanks. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, you know, we all love you. So, uh, we're gonna we're gonna raise a glass to you guys tonight. 
Thanks. Well, let's give Kristen a call. Well, hi, Kristen. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, we're How talking about grooming products with you today. And can I hope you yeah. sell the, my favorite product right now. My pony is shedding <laughs> like crazy. For some reason, we live in Florida, and he grew this Alaska-type hair this year. And uh, hands-on grooming gloves. Oh, my God, I love that, those things. I just love them. We do. We actually brought in more sizes, too. So um, this is a pair of gloves that you wear for those people that aren't familiar with them. And they have different little nubbies all over them. So we call different them bumples. The, right, yeah. <laughs> they have different little <laughs> bumples, on, bumples. The, <laughs> on the fingers and then on the, on the palms. So, and they're great for, like, doing faces and getting around the legs for that crunchy mud and, and stuff like that. And it's just a good massage tool as well, and great for bathing, too. So it is, not just all of those for, things. For shedding. And you yeah. know what, is really, what I really like about them is the hair does not stick to them. You don't have to take a brush and then, you know, use a brush to get the hair off your glove. Exactly. It just falls off. It's amazing. Yep. It really yeah, is amazing. They come into different sizes. My hands are big and big, big, and I can yeah. never fit into this kind of thing, but they make an extra large so I can fit. They do. Yeah. Yep. And so we have junior for the kids, and then, of course, small for ladies with smaller hands or kids, you know, large, bigger kids. And then, of course, yeah, the extra large, which is great for the guys because, as you say, it's hard for them to find something to fit them. So we have all kinds of stuff. Um, we actually have a whole page dedicated for grooming, and you will find it under For the Horse on our website, um, and it's titled Grooming, Lunging, and Horse Toys. So we have um, barn caddies that will hold all of your grooming, um, nice, soft, flexible, um, collapsible barn totes, if you will, that will hold your brushes and your hoof picks and your shedding stuff. And the nice thing about them is that they're open on the bottom, so all the hair and gunk, <laughs> mud and stuff will fall through the bottom too, which is pretty handy. But you, we have you have so something that uh, Jamie talked about on the show last week, I think, and I had never heard of it. It's called Tiger's Tongue. Tiger's uh, tongue. So, what's it, it? This has nothing to do with Joe Exotic, right? Uh, exactly. Okay. No. Good. All right. Just and, checking. And it's a funny product because it comes vacuum packed, so it's super flat when you get it in the package, um, and then when you take it out of the package, it expands to this. You know, it's a super soft kind of a mesh um, sponge, and it's great for grooming. It's so soft to do around faces. And it's great even in the summer because it gets that dander out and makes them shine, but it's great for shedding, um, just like I say, legs, tummies, um, everything. It's a fabulous product. And they've actually made a sponge with it too, so half of it is sponge and half of it is tiger's tongue, which is just that sort of soft, meshy material. But if you don't have one of these, it's a must-have. Um, I was visiting my mom last year, and she had one and was recommended to her by a friend of mine. She's like, you have to have these. And I tell you, I can't keep them, <laughs> can't keep them on the shelf. They're fabulous. Well, they're only 9 bucks, so it's, it's not yeah, like you're spending yeah. a lot either. So Exactly, yeah. And one of the gals here in the store, she got one. She's like, I want one for every horse. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're really nice. I wonder how um, they came up with a name. <laughs> I know. I know. I guess, you know, for grooming, the, the tongue just takes off all that. I you guess. Know, gets all that. <laughs> and you know no those, balls. <laughs> those wash ones you have are also 
phenomenal. Those things are awesome. They are awesome. And we have the whole grooming kit, too, which will come with the shampoo and the wash dispenser. Um, and so, and we sell them separately, too. So you can buy the shampoo separately or the wash wands. Um, but, uh, and the shampoo dispenser is a must-have, too, because um, it just holds the right amount and mm-hmm. fill it up and hose your horse off. And, yeah, that's a, it's a pretty cool system they came up with, that Easy Wash brand. Okay, cool. But we have so many things. We have nearly 100 products on this page. So brushes, and I don't know if you're familiar with the Glossy Opona Glossy Groomer Flexible Curry Comb. It's in a kind of a gray-blue color, but it's super soft. So it, too, will go around legs and get, like, on the backs and on your knees and stuff because some of those curries are pretty hard. My guy's pretty sensitive, so he really mm-hmm. likes that. But we have shedding blades, the Equa Groomer. It's great for dogs, too. comes in a 5-inch or an 8-inch. You know, bod egg knives, hoof picks, sweat scrapers, tons of sponges, you name it. It's on there. <laughs> and you, all right. You can find it all at thedistancedepot.com. And you just go to the For the Horse section at the bottom there. You're going to see grooming, lunging, and horse toys. And, of course, I remind everybody every month that you can you can get the custom <laughs> Horse Radio Network logo wear and Horses in the Morning logo wear right there at uh, thedistancedepot.com as well. It's on the uh, left-hand side. Just click on that. You can get hats and sweatshirts. As a matter of fact, yeah. we're going to be doing a road uh, tour this year of, of listener farms for five weeks, and I need to order up some stuff. So Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. get some hats. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have to get some hats, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to need... I don't have any... Re- My shirts are so old now. I've been doing this for so long that I need to, I need to get fresh stuff for me too so i'm going to be be placing an order here Uh, but if you want to get embroidered logo wear with horse radio network or horses in the morning on it that's where you go thank you very much appreciate it thank you thanks Kristen. bye-bye the distance depot.com is where you go and she's been a sponsor since we started this eight years ago so we really appreciate her pretty much yes all right let's go to our first guest all right, our first guest this morning is Ju- Judy Hull. Hopefully I pronounced her name correctly. And I know she has been writing endurance since about the 70s, and I'm looking forward to hearing some of her stories. She has ridden over 4,000 miles over the years, and ha- she has a new blog, which we're going to talk about. So good morning, Judy. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. (laughs) So what inspired, you know, first of all, I just want to say I am so impressed with your memory that you can remember some of these things that happened from decades ago. (laughs) So what inspired you to start start writing about some of these things? Um, Well, I just, you know, yeah, I have a good memory for things that, especially the positive things that happened on rides and the funny things. Uh-huh. And um, I'm into comedy in general. And uh, <laughs> I was also inspired by um, Angie McGee's book, The Lighter Side of Endurance Riding, which I have a copy of and laughed all the way through it. And uh-huh. so I thought I would start blogging all the funny things that happened on rides. And, you know, and it also includes experiences that, that can teach people, you know, how to handle different 
situations that happen on endurance rides as well. Yeah, because a lot of it, I mean, you can't make up. <laughs> right. You know, that's one of our right. taglines, I think, that's kind of pretty common where it's like, you can't make this stuff up, the things that happen on rides over the years. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, so, you know, because somebody tagged me the other day in, in one of your blog posts, and I thought, Oh, uh oh, you know, do I want to, you know, so I went and I looked and, and I, and I read it and I realized you were talking about us basically peeing in the woods. So tell us a little bit about that, uh, um, you know, that post and, and what happened? (laughs) Um, Yeah, we were, yeah, you and I, and then one other man were. Uh, doing the California Loop on the Tevis Trail, which is between the 30 and like 85 mile loop, more or less, or point on the trail, and it seems to go on forever because you're very tired at that point. Mm-hmm. So it's like the 70 mile point to the 85 mile point, and it's a long, more or less flat but one lane trail, and it's above the Middle Fork of the American River, and so the three of us were just going along, keeping a pace. And every time we crossed a creek, we got to a creek, then we'd stop and cool off the horses and invariably have to pee. <laughs> so the first <laughs> time that man was the what? At some point. Yeah, we do. Yeah, There's not porta potties yeah, every to. so many miles. Right. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. way out there and there's like no road access to a lot of it. So you're on your own. So we stopped and he was ahead of us and um, we told him, you know, turn around, we're going to pee. And <laughs> so we did. And we do, did our quick little pee. And then uh, we got to the next little water Creek crossing. And at that point he's still up, up ahead of us. And he goes, okay, you guys turn around. I have to pee. And I looked at him and I said, why you just turn around and pee. <laughs> You're outnumbered. You know? Well, yeah. <laughs> and he chuckled embarrassedly and then did, you know. <laughs> yeah, because men, it's easier <laughs> for them. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they've got it made, you know. we, Yeah, they, they, they've got it made. We don't even have to get off the horse. What are you talking about? We can just keep going. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know. We don't have oh, to. Yeah. I've, I've heard yeah. some, some, that some guys have some methods that I just don't even want to go into. <laughs> You guys are always embarrassing me on this show. It's my turn. <laughs> you know, this is something you don't but think yeah, about. I like remember. I'd be peeing every hour. I mean, I'd have to. I'd have to. I'd have to stop every hour on the hour for ten hours straight. It'd be awful. Yeah. No. You. You have to learn how to not do that. Well, and I remember just on the Tevis, um, you get dehydrated. I mean, you have to really just keep drinking, drinking electrolytes. Right. And, and if so you're not you realize, peeing, I don't have to pee as yeah. much. Yeah, you, you got to pee as much as your you're, horse. You're, it's evaporating. <laughs> okay, yeah. I have to ask you guys, and because so, I never asked this before in the yeah. show either, after eight years, <laughs> is what happens if you have bad sushi the night before? That's got to be awful. Or bad, oh, yeah, you, um, what did they do, the, the potlucks? Oh. I have learned not to <laughs> right. do potlucks the night before a ride. Right. And, and a lot of yeah, people have learned very, yeah, the hard way. Yes, it's very important to plan what you're going to eat 
the night before and don't eat anything random. <laughs> you know, I also heard of a good friend of mine who's indirectly responsible for starting the endurance. Um, uh, Corey Salto, who's a vet and he's uh-huh. on the cup committee and everything. And one time when we used to start from Squaw Valley, he went to some restaurant and had clams. Oh, and no. they were bad clams. Oh, no. And yeah, oh, and those make you really sick. And he couldn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. So yeah, it's very important. You just like carbo load, and like the Tevis, for instance, has a very good carbo load meal the night before. Usually, it's like pasta, you know, uh-huh. or a or or a stew or soup in in one of those bread bowls. So you're like carbo loading the night before, and yeah. So you know, make sure and eat safe food. <laughs> Don't eat the chicken salad that's been sitting out for three hours. It's probably not a good idea. You yeah. know, potlucks are risky right. anyway. Uh, let alone a potluck that's right. been carried to a show that you don't know exactly how, whether it's been refrigerated or not. Exactly, uh, at an endurance <laughs> ride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, camp food, yeah, you're, not, you're never sure. You've got to be careful. Yeah, and I've also been one of the lucky ones who's never gotten sick to my stomach on the Tevis after 14 completions. Um, I've never been sick to my stomach and I heard stories of people telling me, Oh, this is the part where I got sick last year. Oh no. You know, this is the part where I barked oh, and I just can't imagine, you know, or, and some people get dizzy as soon as it gets dark and they can't see the horizon anymore. Mm-hmm. Some people get like motion sickness in the dark. All right, so then you shouldn't be on Tevis. Is what <laughs> that three thousand foot drops? Probably you shouldn't be on Tevis if you're getting if you're getting that. Oh yeah, yeah. There's oh my parts gosh. where if you have any issues with heights, you you put your hand up and shield your eye, you know, so you don't see. And the California Loop is is definitely one of those. There's part parts that just drop off, and then the last I, I remember the stretch. Before No Hands Bridge, we used to cross up higher on 49 at the old at the um, the new quarry, and now we cross at the old quarry. But then we'd have to go along this trail that dropped straight down, and you could look down as you're riding. And luckily, it was dark because you could see the lights of the cars on Highway 49 oh, almost yeah. straight down below you, <laughs> and, uh-huh. and you're like, "Oh, I'm glad I can't see." You know, and if you have any issues with with oh, heights, you're glad it's dark. Yeah. So, so let me you ask, know, but, go ahead, Karen. Sorry. Go No, you go ahead. Go I was ahead. just going to ask you guys something we haven't talked about a lot. Have you ever been, what about thunderstorm? You know, they just had a huge hailstorm here in the South that did a lot of damage. What do you guys do if you're out in a thunderstorm and there's lightning everywhere and hail coming down? What do you do? You know, that doesn't happen on the Tevis. Now right. we did have one year it clouded up and there was thunder in the distance and we got slightly sprinkled on and that was uh-huh. the farthest it went but i've been a wuss and i don't do that many rides in the spring or that late in the fall so i haven't had to deal with it but like i imagine on the um, east coast it's worse I remember, too. yeah oh yeah of yeah. course you have way more weather than us um but yeah i remember just like getting under a tree or under an overhanging bush and this was actually back in my competitive trail ride days. I lived near Mount Diablo. And my first open 30-mile ride was a driving rainstorm all day. And they took away minimum time, meaning 
you know, because usually you have to stay within a time schedule in competitive trail riding so that all the horses are stressed equally. They said, just go as fast as you can. And <laughs> it's a 4,000 foot mountain. And I remember I was near the top and it just started coming down and turning into sleet and almost yeah. hail. And that's when I got under a bush and I was in this big army poncho trying to stay dry and I remember my horse and then way at the end, there was a photographer and he just got <laughs> slightly out of camp and took us pictures of us approaching camp after being, you know, out on a mountain in a driving Entrenched. rainstorm. And there was times when the wind caught me at one point and I thought I was going to get blown right off my horse, caught the green poncho. And so the picture going past the photographer, you know, you can barely see me because I'm in this little hood over, you know, the, the rain poncho. You can barely see me in there. And the horse just had this look on his face and his ears like, why the hell are we out here in this? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I know. Some horses do weather better than others. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Judy, you mentioned doing Tavis 14 times. And tell us about the horse that you rode the most on Tavis. Yeah, I have, I've been lucky enough to have one of the 10 Tevis horses, and there's only six of them. And, and nobody's done it in quite a few years. It's a lot of people came close. times. Done 10, yeah. And so oh. then they, now they have this great trophy for all the horses that have done it five, mile, five times or more. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, but I, I was lucky enough. I did my first Tevis in 83, and it was the first time that Wendell Roby showed up to give out the buckles and do the briefing and everything. And, um, and we also had an El Nino. So we had to move after check-in at Squaw Valley. We had to go to Soda Springs like they just had to do a couple years ago and start at a lower elevation because there was too much snow. And he said, Oh, there's going to be, the river's going to be interesting because it's four to five feet deep. And I was thinking about that all day. And, um, I got to that river and got washed down it about 20 feet and the people in front of me kept going and I stepped in a hole and I will never forget that. And, um, but we made it, you know, and, uh-huh. but it's one and only time I ever had to swim the river. <laughs> it's never been like wow. that before. Yeah, they're and that was my very, first ride. Yeah. They're very careful about marking it now. Oh yeah, uh, it's a, it's a breeze it. now. But when I tell people, yeah. all there was was ladies across the river waving lamps, going "Aim for us," and <laughs> and then this rushing oh, dear. river. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> right? But we made my horse didn't panic. He swam a few strokes, and then he caught the bottom again. Kept going. So and yeah, we were filthy. Oh, and then he laid down in the sand with me to roll on the other side. And so we were filthy, dirty, and you know, five shades darker. So I finally go up and Wendell hands me my buckle at the awards and, and he goes, so is this your first ride? And I kind of thought, how does he know? And, but I must've had that look about me or something, you know, and kind of, <laughs> he knew everybody back then. Yeah. And I said, yeah. yeah. He goes, well, wow. you're coming back, you're coming back next year. He says to me, and I hadn't even thought about it yet. I was just, you know, no. you finish your first Tevis and you're just thankful you finished your first. Sure. And yeah. I went, well, you couldn't say no to, to Wendell. So I went, um, yeah. <laughs> then I went and sat down and I started thinking about it. And I thought, well, you know, my horse is eight. If, I, if I'm careful and play my cards right, I could actually do 10 on the same horse. And that became my goal right then 
and there. Wow. And he only got, he only got pulled once and wow. he was great because he knew his own limits. He was not a hot horse. Uh-huh. He was competitive enough without yeah. being hot. Yeah. He, he didn't like pain. You know, he rested well at all the stops. Uh-huh. He ate well. And he just basically took good care of himself. And he remembered where all the stops were. I would actually find Mm -hmm. him speeding up, going up the canyon because he knew, you know, there was going to be hay and water and stuff at the top. Right. Um, Uh So, yeah, he just did better every year. We just sort of worked our way up. And we even top tended a few times. Yes, um, you did. You just got good at it. Really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice. You know, when you have a horse, I I've only made it, I've done it eight times and one horse I did six times on. And every time he just, you know, he just made it easier every time for me, you know, because they they learn. Yeah. They learn. They just, they learn all the technical stuff about it and, you know, how everything's going to be. And it just, yeah, it's. They have I'm, great memories for, oh yeah, I'm going to get, you know, food yeah. and cooled off here. And yeah. <laughs> and so they just keep plugging along. And, but, and you then know, wh- one year, um, oh, one year I had a frontier program mm-hmm. or a couple of years, maybe three years. And I did it without a crew. And so if you, you signed up and then there was hay and grain at each stop in a special area. Uh-huh. And that actually turned out to be great because I didn't have to worry about crew. I had a good spot. Right. Uh-huh. And, um, but I drove up by myself and I had been lending him to both. My mom was between horses. My mom was just basically a hardcore trail rider who did, you know, 10 day trips every year with a group. So he'd been going up for these where you just did like 20 miles a day, maybe. And another friend borrowed him. So I think he thought he was just going up for a pleasure ride because it was just me and there was no crew coming and all this. And I get to squat and I take him out and he looks around and you could just suddenly see the recognition <laughs> on his face. Like, uh-huh. this, you didn't tell me it was this. And then he sort of threw a tantrum <laughs> and he just stomped around and stomped around and he wouldn't stand still for me to put the saddle on to go take him to weigh in, you know, to weigh in with my saddle. He wouldn't stand still for the vet. He just like threw a little tantrum for about an hour or so. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to mislead you. And then he got over it finally, you know, and then that was back in the day where you would assemble at the foot of the mountain and they'd fire a gun. (laughs) And when I tell people now, because it's completely different now, we start flat and even slightly downhill and we have to have starting groups couple of starting groups because people would come off every year and when I say oh yeah but they used to fire a gun and they think I'm nuts you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well let's we have to save some of the good everybody. stuff for people to read in the blog so uh where can people find it yeah uh, we'll put a link in our show notes too um yeah it's uh Judy Shatir so it's J-U-D-Y S-H-A-T-I-R at blogspot.com and we'll put a link for in the show notes for that as well judy thank you so much has it been fun okay talking yeah, about thanks, things judy. we haven't yeah, talked yeah. about before <laughs> so right <laughs> <laughs> thanks judy thanks judy have a good you're day you're welcome thanks you too <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>
I, I, I can't believe that we've never had this discussion before. <laughs> All right, let's switch gears here from, uh, from bathroom etiquette on trail to uh, Renegade Hoof Boots. Oh, we're going to talk about Renegades now. Yes, okay. We are. So, Renegades are uh, my favorite hoof boot that I have used for many thousands of miles on my endurance horses that have gone over 10 and 15,000 miles each. Um, and I'm using on my new horse also and they are made in the united states in arizona they come in several different colors there's a couple of different models that you can uh you know kind of figure out which ones are gonna you know fit the shape of your horse's hooves uh they're easy to use and that's about the best thing i can say about them is that they work i've used them on in all kinds of conditions, I've completed Tevis in them many times and several other, well, hundreds of other endurance rides with them. And you can find them at renegadehoofboot.com. Well, next up, we have a member of the newly named U.S. Endurance Team, and that's Holly Cochran. Hi, Holly. Hey, how are you? Good. You've been on our show before, I know, a couple of years ago. And Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be part of the USA Endurance Team. So that means that you'll be going, Are the, one, are they having the Endurance World Championship? Well, according to the FBI, um, as of the middle of March, they said that the event would be taking place in Italy, May 22nd. Um, the organizing committee had requested a, a uh, postponement, but the FBI said to go ahead. Oh, okay. And what part of Italy? It's in, it's near Pisa. Um, it's San Rosero. It's a hilly part. Um, yeah, it's got a mixture. Uh, the, the course itself will be somewhat flat. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a mixture of terrain there. And uh, so you guys, how, how much sooner than will you go over? Um, our plan is to ship the horses May 9th. Um, and then we'll be there uh, in temporary stables until about probably the 19th or 20th and then move them over to the venue. Um, the pre-exam uh, of the horses is on the 21st. We ride on the 22nd, and then the horses will come back a couple days after that. Wow, this is coming up fast. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it is. Holly, is this your first time at a world championship? It is. Uh, I'm very excited. I've had horses qualified and nominated in 2016 and, and in 2018, but um, this was my year to uh, make the team. And I'm very excited. Everybody's Please. going, tell us about her horse. Uh, I'm getting that right now. I hear everybody at home saying that. So, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, well, actually, I'm very fortunate. I have two horses that actually will be uh, representing the U.S. Uh, in Italy. Um, I will be riding Poet, uh, who, when I talked to you last after the national championship in 2018, he was my mount for that, and he'll be my mount for Italy. And then I have another horse, Poetry, who, um, a, a uh, young rider, she actually graduated out of young rider. She's 22, but she's kind of in the under 25 club, and mm -hmm. she will be riding Poetry on the team as well. That's very That's cool. a, and And I just want to point out, Glenn, you know, we get a lot of listeners that say, I wish I had learned about endurance when I was younger, and they're only in their 40s. So I want to point out that many of the writers 
on this team are all over 40, some are over 50, and even 60. Yeah, I'm 57, <laughs> and I'm, I'm proud of it. Every I burned every year. I Good got for to. you. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, so you're- I'm one of those people that wished I, I knew about endurance as a young person, but I'm very grateful to have you know found mm-hmm. it when I found it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. So those listeners, you're not too old to start, even if you are 50, 60, or even 70 or older. Can you, you can, can still go ride. <laughs> can you explain how, how the competition will work to people who, who don't know how an international world championship works? Um, how the ride itself works yep. or how yep. you get qualified to get there. Okay. The ride itself. Yep. Um, well, what happens is it's governed by FEI, which is Federal International Equestria, which is French, and I probably totally screwed that up. But um, they govern the ride, um, and there's a specific rule book on, you know, what we're allowed and not allowed to do. Um, and uh, what will happen is on the day before the ride, we'll have a first inspection where the teams will present all of their horses together at one time. Um, and the vets will look them over and make sure that they are fit to start the ride on the 22nd. And then similar to other endurance rides where they're broken down into stages of, you know, 20, 15, 20 miles, um, after each uh, loop will be checked by the veterinarians. And it's very, very, very strict judging to make sure that the horse is fit to go to the next loop. And at the end, we'll also have a final completion evaluation by the veterinarians. Um, we also have additional rules with how many crew we can have in the spot in our um, crew spot and uh, we're allowed four people um which you know under other circumstances you could have as many people as you wanted there which is wonderful um but we're limited and each person that's in our crew will have a specific number um we also have some road places to be able to on the road out on the loops where people will be able to help crew us and uh those folks you know that that uh, help with the horses have to be part of our named um crew so um it's it's rather strict but it's going to be very competitive and lots of fun so what what if you have a a concern what's your biggest concern uh wow um (laughs) well you know it's broken down into numerous concerns i mean first (laughs) it's obviously shipping and getting them over there yeah um my second is that both the horses start and they, they pass the first vet inspection. And then really probably one of the biggest areas of challenge will be the very first loop. Um, that's when the horses are excited, they're hot, they're ready to go. And uh, this, will pro- this will be the biggest event that my two horses have encountered. Um, and it's a matter of finding the appropriate bubble to help, help them keep their mental equilibrium and keep their energy at a consistent level because you really want to manage that so that they have enough left for the rest of the ride. And once we get past the first loop, then everybody usually settles in and things string out a bit, you know, not all horses are clumped together. So usually I think for me, the first loop is, is the, uh, the most challenging. And for people, you know, you think a hundred miles and the start, the start of this race, uh, I have witnessed a few, uh, WAG and, and international competition starts. It's like you're running the Kentucky Derby. Uh, they all take off at, a, especially the ones mm-hmm. that are going to be the leaders, uh, you know, they all take off at a dead run and you would go, Oh my God. <laughs> I was so shocked yeah. when I saw that the first time. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and and my goal, um, and I I think um, the team as well, is to, you know, strategize our horses and maximize their independent strength 
so it won't necessarily be, you know, galloping out with the first front runners to, you know, beat to the finish, but really to make sure that we have horses that last the entire ride so that we can have a team completion. And, um, you know, if we do well enough, we can, uh, you know, come up on the podium. Well, congratulations again. That is so cool. We're going we're gonna to be rooting for you guys coming up here shortly. And, so when yeah. when do you what is going on with the whole quarantine thing in Italy because of COVID right now? Like when do you guys need to ship the horses and and what's involved with that? Well, um, COVID is a whole nother challenge on top of everything, you know, uh, right. for the, the pandemic, mm-hmm. which I think they're reevaluating in Italy the end of April. And we're hoping that things will become a little bit more reasonable. Uh, Yousef is writing us up uh, waivers through any countries that we would be traveling, but it's specifically Italy. Um, and hopefully that will give us the ability to, um, you know, move to travel where we need to for the people. And then the horses on top of that, they had the EHV breakout and that uh, restriction ended the mid April, but there will be um, FBI uh, rules in place to make sure that we make sure that the horses, you know, like taking their temperature twice a day, 10 days before the event, that type of thing. So yeah, there's a lot of different dynamics that are going on right now. And what about you as, as the riders and your team, as far as what requirements do you guys need to go through? Well, um, in order to travel, we're going to have to have a 48-hour uh, PCR test. And some of them, have there are actually COVID-free flights out there. So then we would have a uh, what I call a snap test. But it's actually a, you know, the, the rapid test two hours before flying. And then you're not supposed to have to quarantine at the other end. But oh, there's a, a, a myriad of, of other things that, that were in a travel guide that which we just received from Yousef yesterday. Um, I, I, by that time, will have both of my vaccinations, and I'm hoping that that might help. I know um, several of our uh, riders and many of our crew will also have all their vaccinations and hoping that that will help as well. Oh, good. Well, so it does change is... things. I was just looking at Italy's numbers, too, and they're in a bit of a resurgence again. Uh, yeah. Their numbers are going yeah. up, so who knows, right? Ah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, cross our fingers. I mean, we can only hope for the best, and uh, we can't control it, so we'll just plan the best we can and you know, take, things, take things as they come. Right. And so who can you tell us a, a little bit more about your team? I mean, we know who the people are that are on the team. Um, we have you, Karen Benz, Camilo, Jeremy Reynolds, Cheryl Van Dusen, and Hannah Whiteman. Um, who else can you uh, tell us about that's part of your team, like the chef and the vet and farrier? Um, who who else is going to be going over with you? Well, well we just were assigned a, sh- a chef um, just last week, and it's Lisan Dorian. Um, okay. She will be our chef for this event. Um, the vet is up in the air at this point in time. They do have someone that they have uh, sent out a contract, and we'll get the final answer this week. Uh, Farrier, um, as riders, we were talking about it, trying to figure out, you know, who we would like to have come with us, and that decision hasn't made yet been made yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy is a, is a farrier, so he can take care of his horses, and a lot of us will be really um, doing a lot of our farrier work right before going, so it may be a matter of maintenance and making sure everything's in good shape, you know, the day before the right, ride. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody loses a shoe in the interim. Exactly. <laughs> 
Well, very good. Well, we wish you guys the best of luck over there. We'll we'll be watching. Yes. Thank you. Best so of much. luck. All right. Thanks, all Holly. Thank you. Good luck. We'll have bye. you on after, okay? Oh, it sounds great. I'd love to. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, Holly. Thanks, Holly. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. I don't know. That's a lot to plan during time of uh, pandemic of and, and pandemic. with Europe being as, you know, but up and down as they have been. How exciting, though. Yes. I mean, it's so cool. There'll be it, stories to tell. <laughs> yeah, let, it, hopefully not like the last time. Yeah. <laughs> Those, <laughs> oh my gosh, could the last one have gone any worse? Yeah, oh, the wag you mean? Oh yeah, that wasn't so, good. Yeah. yeah, I was there for that. I witnessed all of you that. You were. Yes, yeah. That was crazy. That was that a nightmare. <laughs> all went the wrong way at the start, and I mean, how do you mismanage an endurance ride that? Badly oh, it was on, it was totally mismanaged from the on the world the, stage. It was just, just an, it was awful. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's any endurance rider, especially at that level, with the amount of work all those people to, did, get, there to get there from all over the world. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, now for this, I have I haven't kept up on it, but I assume there's bans in places for some of the countries for for doing some bad things. Um, they were having they had some bans on some of the endurance teams, right? So. Uh, I haven't kept up on all the politics there I'm of that. Not uh, really sure either myself. So yeah, some of the Middle um, Eastern countries I know were under you know yeah, under restrictions. And, and and, with the, the whole like you said the pandemic and all these other issues, and I know EHV was a concern yeah. for a while. And yeah, it was and shut down till last week. Even, yeah. yeah. So it's just uh, uh, yeah, it's a kind of a monumental thing that this event is even going to go you know i i so it's sort of cool because i think a lot of us were thinking it was going to be postponed mm-hmm. till the spring till later yeah. yeah yeah so well good luck so, to the entire team um we're we're running yeah. out of time so karen we're going to have to get to your endurance tip uh sorry everybody we'll have to get to the endurance tip next 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 month we'll do it we'll be promised we'll do it next month we will we'll talk about how how do you know when your horse is ready to move up to a longer distance? Now, I know rides are starting all across the, or have started here in Florida, but are starting in other places now that the weather they is uh, improving. So, yeah. where do people find them? You can go to aerc.org and look up the ride calendar. And there are rides all over the United States. You know, the Southeast is where most of the riders, like on the team right now, the um, international riders, uh, because they've been getting to ride all this time while the most of us on the West Coast were shut down. Yeah, they've been here in Florida. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, although I do think I do agree with a lot of the um you know, basic commentary that when you're outside and spread apart, it's a lot safer than, than the indoor activities and things. And so really, I think, you know, go ride your horse because (laughs) it's, yeah, it's the best thing you can do. Go ride your horse.
Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on this Endurance Day. You can find all the past episodes that we have done over the past eight years. Just go to horsesinthemorning.com, scroll down to the middle of the page, and you're going to see an endurance banner. Click on that, and you can go over and find all the past episodes there to take a listen to. We want to thank our sponsors, The Distance Depot, and also Renegade Hoof Boots. Uh, and also you, Karen. Thank you so much for joining us. And to find you, best places, Facebook? Uh, yeah, and I... Kind of, as we talked about earlier in the show, I sort of have not been on social media the last couple of weeks. Um, So, uh, but yes, I'm I'm on there as NV Endurance Writer, and I am on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, but uh, uh, yeah, we'll get back uh, at it. You'll be back. We'll get we'll get through this. It's just, you, a, you know, tough, tough times right now, but we'll get through it. Well, thank you, everybody, again for joining us. Uh, Jamie will be back tomorrow, and then Fox Hunting comes up on Thursday, and then we'll do some really bad ads on Friday. Get your ads into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.